Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the Good Things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to Good Things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And you guys know that we like to celebrate recovery here on Good Things. And sometimes to get to that point, you got to go through the point of not good things, right? And that's the actual active addiction. And joining us today is Brent, Brett uh, Montague. He's the CEO of End It For Good, and they are looking at unique ways to tackle this whole epidemic of addiction, not only in our state, but I think uh, nationwide, worldwide, uh, infinity and beyond, Brett. Is that what you infinity and beyond. And beyond. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I love it. Well, yes. what's good yeah. for one, though, will start to snowball and sort of build up good things there. And you guys really are up to good things, changing mindsets, looking at the problems from different directions there at End It For Good. And so, so Brett, let's start there. Let's start with End It For Good, because I feel like so many have heard that name, at least around here on Super Talk, even here on Good Things, but they may not know exactly what it is that you guys try to do. So how do you give your elevator speech of what is End It For Good or what you guys try to do every day? Yeah, absolutely. And Rebecca, thank you, by the way, for for having me on here. I've uh, come to a couple of shows on Super Talk. This is my inaugural uh, session <laughs> on, on your your show, yeah. and ho- yes, hopefully won't be the last. But it's it's great to be here with you, um, and uh, and yeah, so just looking forward to a to a good conversation. Uh, so End It for Good is a Mississippi-based five hundred one c three organization uh, that basically does education and advocacy. Um, so End It for Good, the it in our name is the war on drugs, um, and kind of you know through. Um, education, advocacy, storytelling, uh, influencing, and, you know, just different educational means that I can go into later. Um, we, uh, we help people see that if we started uh, addressing drugs and drug use as a complex health issue instead of a criminal one all the time, we would get way better outcomes in society. We would get uh, better outcomes for, for people, for families, uh, for communities, for law enforcement, uh, for local economies, and therefore the overall world around us, um, you know, for essentially for a full century. Uh, a little bit over a full century, uh, America has launched a war on drugs, and we're losing. Uh, and uh, yes, and not only are we losing, but we're getting bad results uh, j- just about you know uh, in every criteria or, or, or every area where we tried to uh, you know Im- improve things or. 
um, you know, enhance the world around us. The the war on drugs was launched on a lofty proposition, you know, that if we uh, if we just prohibited drugs and criminalized everything around drugs, drug use, and the drug trade, that that you know it would eradicate the global drug supply. We would de- decrease crime. We would decrease addiction, decrease incarceration rates, and the opposite of those things have actually happened. Uh, the United States has the number one highest incarceration rate uh, in the industrial world um, and uh, and more than the industrial world, actually, if you uh, exclude just a few dictatorships like North Korea and Venezuela, we still have the highest incarceration rate in the world. Our incarceration rate is higher than Russia and Cuba. Um, and, you know, our uh, crime rates are up uh, nationwide. Uh, and and the, you brought up the, our drug epidemic, the opioid epidemic mm-hmm. and addiction ec- epidemic uh, is at record levels as, as well. We, uh, in 2021, we had over 109,000 Americans die of a drug overdose. Which is definitely not a good thing. And I think no. the point is, is understanding the facts and where we're at. Because we can all collectively say, okay, so something's not working. So if something's not working, you don't beat a dead horse with a stick. You try something different. And I think what that looks like has been what's been debated or discussed or even just kept behind closed doors for a long time. And I do feel like, Brett, we're in this moment where more people are at least willing to have a conversation or think about it differently or go like we'll go about it a little bit differently even if it's hesitantly and you starting to see the fruits of that labor so for end it for good what's what is that key way of sort of thinking well i guess there's probably more than one but what would you say like one of the most impactful um, objectives you guys have in terms of doing things differently yeah, so r- really what – you kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, w- what we want to do is invite people into a conversation, mm-hmm. into, into dialogue. If you look at the current vein in our society when it comes to – Hot button topics or political issues or any or anything you know whether whether you're talking drug policy or immigration policy or or anything else the 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 kind of de facto means of getting there is uh, name calling shaming. Uh, my way is better than yours, and we want to do the opposite of that. We want to invite people into a conversation uh, and and really just help people see the big picture um, and maybe consider it a, a different way. Um, you know, laws and policies are necessary. They absolutely are, uh, and and you know we believe that we do need to change our drug laws and a whole host and series of drug policies. Uh, but before that, you know we need to transform our culture and our and our drug culture. And you know laws only laws and policies only change after hearts and minds change. Um, and so you you know what we try to do is offer people a framework through which to see the issue. Uh, on a more global scale, and whether or not they change their mind or they get for more curious about it, that's their choice, not ours. Um, and we just, you know, we really let our work speak for itself, uh, and y- y- you know, uh, just try to walk with all sor- sorts of sectors of people. We, uh, in in addition to like, you know, uh, uh, walking with parents of overdose victims and people in recovery, we also work with uh, law enforcement. 
Uh, you know, we we work with uh, the healthcare uh, arena, educators, uh, soccer moms. It's a wide variety of stakeholders, um, and you know, there are a number of other things you know pro- programmatically that that we do uh, to provide people with that education. You know, and. Uh, uh, we we also work with uh, lawmakers here in our state, uh, at the you know local, city, county mm-hmm. level, and and at the state level uh, to kind of equip them with information so that they can look at policy changes that may get better results for families and communities in their constituent base. And everything you just mentioned is what makes up our culture, right? Everything from the soccer mom all the way up to the lawmaker and everything um, in between. And I think one reason you're seeing hearts sort of be more open to the conversation spread is finally, I don't think there's anyone listening to good things that doesn't know someone or a close family that's been affected by addiction in some capacity. And that's, that's sad that we finally have gotten here, but that's kind of finally what it's taken to say, okay, this really can happen even on my street or in my neighborhood or at my school or with my kids friends and you know you try to do all the right things and it just keeps seeping in somehow and so now I think folks are ready I think they're weary of letting go of some of the you know uh, ramifications which is fine but then also let's just talk that these are human beings who are struggling for the most part and and offering other other ways of helping yeah and or thinking about the problem that yeah. they're not the problem, right? Because well, like it's the individual, you know. I mean, it's there's a bigger systemic issue that's the problem, not like an individual. No, there there are definitely sy- systemic problems, and and let me say this too, kind of uh, you know on that tune, uh, people that are uh, problematically and dysfunctionally using drugs, therefore, are suffering from addiction or addicts, you know, substance use disorder, call it what you want. Those people, by by using drugs, uh, injecting themselves with heroin, fentanyl, whatever, uh, actually by doing that, they're trying to solve a problem. Right. Because these are people that, uh, you know, have suffered traumatic events in their life, you know, or have some other problem where they don't have meaning in their life or purpose or whatever it may be, and they're trying to numb the pain, Right because their present circumstances aren't good. So it's actually to a certain degree it's a cry for help or it's 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 an escape, right? They're trying to solve a problem. And the more that we shame and stigmatize and criminalize these people, we are just prolonging and deepening their trauma. So actually by trying to solve the drug crisis through a drug war, we are deepening addiction rates. And furthering, you know, the propensity for death. Which is not a good thing. No, no, all. it's the opposite of, of what we all want, yeah. including including our lawmakers, including law enforcement. Yeah, you nobody know, wants that. Absolutely. Absolutely nobody wants. But what we want is to end it for good, right, Brett? I, absolutely. And we can do that by continuing the conversation coming up next.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, you can find us on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. We're continuing our conversation with Brett Montague. He's the CEO of End It For Good, and the it is the war on drugs, which I like that little tag that I hadn't heard that yet for End It For Good, by looking at it from a different perspective. And you can do that from a variety of different ways. But first, Brett, I want to talk about how you ended up at End It For Good, because I feel like those that find themselves on that advocacy side, it's either a calling or it's a sort of a personal journey that sort of led them to be that passionate about an uphill climb, like changing the mindset around the drug culture? Yeah, so um, this is actually both, uh, for me, a personal journey and a calling um, and really a, a vocation. I feel like I'm, I'm on a mission and, you know, uh, as the CEO of End It For Good every day when I put my f- feet down on God's green earth, I know exactly where I'm going and what I'm uh, shooting for. Um, and not everybody gets that, but it was a, it was a journey and really a very dark roller coaster of a ride f- for me to get here. Um, as I, I told you earlier before we were on air, I'm originally from Hattiesburg, uh, grew up in a good, loving, well-respected family, um, with educators and attorneys attorneys in my family, uh, and um, I have an older brother that's two and a half years old, older than me, and we were loved in a, we were, we were raised in a loving, you know, decent uh, uh, environment, right, um, and and had all the things, you know, kind of set up to be successful, et cetera. Um, Douglas and I, that's my, that's my brother, um, we kind of ran in the same circles, uh, had a lot of the same uh, hobbies uh, and uh, some of the same bad habits too. Um, and getting into college, you know, we both had experimented with a number of different uh, substances, uh, a number of different drugs. Um, and, but our lives eventually went two different directions. And I, uh, between, I got a lucky opportunity between my sophomore and junior year in college um, where I got to go study abroad in Spain for a year. And it just opened me up to a whole new world, whole new way of thinking, another culture. And, it, it, and I, was, I was studying Spanish and international relations at Southern Miss. And it made me just get real passionate about my studies, so, and I wanted to be present for that. So I really just put partying and drug use to the side. Um, a couple of years later, in 2007, I was in the Peace Corps in South America, uh, and I, uh, at one point that year, I got a call from my dad letting me know that my that uh, my brother had just entered into treatment uh, after falling in the trap of a uh, dangerous cycle of a heroin addiction. Um, and it kind of hit me there that like I'm out here in the world traveling making a difference yada 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 and uh, and my brother just you know he's developed like he hadn't found purpose meaning you know like that and he's stagnant in Hattiesburg and he's turning to other things to fill the void so a huge amount of compassion just flowed out of there with me Uh, and I didn't really really realize that at the time it was more looking back on it later you know 
But it was very painful being on the other side of the mm-hmm. equator and knowing that that had happened to him. Um, fast forwarding from there, 10 years from there, from 2007 to 2017, uh, on my brother's 38th birthday in 2017, uh, he suffered an overdose. Um, and uh, he luckily survived. There was uh, He had a conscientious friend next to him uh, who called 911. There happened to be an ambulance two blocks away. They resuscitated him with Narcan. Um, but it was a rock bottom moment for him and for the rest of our family. Uh, you know, my parents had tried everything in the book, you know, to help him in that, you know, span of 10 years. Uh, you know, we put him through very expensive rehabs. They put him through very expensive rehabs. Uh, bare bones ones run by the state. We left him in jail once for three months. There were family interventions. We tried all of it. None of it worked. But after this episode, I just kind of. Uh, blindly went and saw him. Uh, he was living in North Carolina at the time. I just blindly drove up there because he was like, you know, he'd gone through this experience of losing his job, losing his car, losing, losing his house, yeah. losing everything, right? And uh, and I just sat with him. And instead of like trying to coerce, you know, or bend him to my will like we've been doing for ten years, I just decided to sit there with him and listen to him. And it was interesting, Rebecca, because that approach actually helped him see it accelerated his ability to make the decision he needed to make in the first place to get better and to get into rehab and and you know and when they he, have to connect their own dots they do that. they yeah. do they do until they're ready until right? they're ready but you never know when that magic moment will be and if everybody is working collectively to change the culture more of those aha moments can happen and then hopefully prevention too of a, another brother or sister or mother or father or aunt or uncle find themselves having to hit rock bottom to sort of come out of that and one way you can get more information i know on all of this is by joining the conversation you guys have your drugs and addiction summit that's coming up when is we do when is that uh, that is going to be November 16th, Thursday, November 16th, 2023, next month, uh, at the Jackson uh, Convention Center, Convention Complex. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm misreferring to it. Jackson Convention Complex. There's only one. People would yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's it's coming up uh, that date. It's going to be a day long summit from nine to three, where we will be exploring, you know, s- solutions to drugs and addiction uh, that prioritize life, that preserve families, and then enhance public safety. Um, and and uh, and we'll have a range of speakers, panelists, and storytellers that help uh, uh, stakeholders and spectators, audience members, uh, kind of take that journey to kind of explore harm-reducing drug policies outside of the war on drugs. Um, and uh, it'll include a legislative panel that we'll have that day of some state lawmakers. Um, you know, we'll also. Uh, just have one speaker uh, that runs an organization called Allies in Recovery who is just going to talk about how family members uh, can maintain loving and, uh, and connected bonded relationships with their loved one who is suffering from addiction while also maintaining effective boundaries. Uh, and that does, just doesn't even touch on policy, but we'll have some interesting uh, other things, you know, around uh, psychedelic therapy. As you as you may know, there's been a lot of research mm-hmm. that comes out uh, that has come out and is emerging uh, around the benefit, the medical benefits of psychedelic therapy, um, and uh, you know, a, a, a range of uh, other speakers as well. And uh, we did one of these previously. 
previously in 2021 uh, in Hattiesburg with 250 people, and you know we're expecting uh, 400 uh, this year. Uh, you know, ranging from state lawmakers to soccer moms. Uh, to law enforcement, healthcare leaders, so a wide variety of people. So if you're interested in this topic or feel personally compelled, then you're a good fit. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. So it's not like you have to be a therapist or a doctor do or not. law enforcement. Like It's you just a concerned citizen or family member, then you're a good fit for this. Absolutely. And or healthcare professional, law enforcement. All, all of, of the, the above. above right? Because it's going to take all of us to sort of think about it and think through it differently to how you parent, to how you respond, to how you you know cope and do all those things. How else can us listening to good things get involved within it for good? Because it feels like you're drinking from a water hose in terms of trying to solve the problem. So, I mean, what else is it that we can do to sort of be part of the solution instead of part of the problem yeah absolutely that's a that's a great question um, you, you know first of all I would say um, you know follow us on social media uh, we're on uh, Facebook we're on Instagram you can go to our website and learn a little bit more there are a number of different resources that we have uh, that we can provide you with to kind of educate yourself um, and you know we encourage people to kind of carry this conversation forward to their neighbors their fellow family members their their co-workers their church members um, etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, we we do have you know some volunteer opportunities every once and once in a while as as, as well um, we'll have a range of volunteers helping us with our summit next month as well um, it, and you know we're a young organization we're three years into this uh, down the road we, you know we uh, we're looking uh, into building uh, you know kind of an advocate uh, network based you know to build on the base of current advocates that we have that carry our message forward um, and you know we'll, we'll see what that looks like as as we build and I'd love to come back here and talk more about Absolutely. that you know later on down the road but what I take from your conversation too Brett is just have compassion Yes. Just increase your capacity for compassion for the topic, and it can go a long way. Yeah, it absolutely can. Yeah, Jesus yeah. changed a lot of hearts and threw no stones. Just saying. You're exactly right. Yeah, yes. in that way. So I, I love it. I, I think this is this is this is just good to sort of have the conversation with the summit, though, Brett. Do we need tickets? Do we need to sign up? How does that work? Where do we go? Yes, you can go to enditforgood.com, uh, and you'll see an icon where you can register for the summit. It's an easy sixty-second registration. Uh, there is a twenty-five dollar uh, entrance fee. Um, very manageable. Yes, very manageable. Uh, but it's an it's an easy registration. All right, Brett, you gonna come back and visit? I absolutely am. It, it, hoping the invitation you know comes in uh, down the road. Absolutely. Yeah. But you guys stick with us. We got a hopeful American Idol joining you next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
back to Good Things. You're listening to Nicholas, better known as Nick Brown. He was one of the finalists from the American Idol auditions at the State Fair. He's joining us in studio. Nick, is that the first time you've ever heard yourself on the radio? Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Even though it's a recording of you know what you what you sung there on stage, it's still the look yeah. on your face though just shows that this was such a cool opportunity and sets the stage for you to, I'm sure, go off and pursue other dreams. So, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So, we've been talking here on Good Things, I guess, into Super Talk that the, for the first time at the Mississippi State Fair, which is still going on, it's going on through Sunday, there was going to be an audition, I guess, to go audition for American Idol. Or, yes. I, I mean, it's it's sort of like the stepping stones sort of to it um, because there had often been a, a talent show associated, but this was kind of the step up. Okay. So let's go back to how did you find out about this? Where did you get the when did you get the word that this would be an opportunity at the state fair? So actually it was my mom who uh sent me a link on Facebook cuz she had followed the um the Mississippi State Fair on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And there was a there was a flyer that uh they saw on Facebook, it was like, audition today for your chance at uh, being the top five to go to sing in front of an executive producer for the show. And I thought that was just really cool. So uh, I sent in a video audition. Uh, I think the So deadline. you had an audition to audition? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So out this of, is exhausting. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was a, <laughs> it was a long process. Um, it was at about... It was like late August. It was when our video auditions were due. And I think they got something like 300, 400 video auditions. And out of those, out of those hundreds of auditions, they picked 40. 40 people to, uh, to actually go and sing in front of people and live judges at the uh, Coliseum on Monday, this past Monday. What did you sing in your tape or into your in your video audition oh i sang the same thing oh, same thing yeah because i mean i like the song it's a great song and uh, worked for you i got you that far uh, apparently it got, it got me far enough so uh, so what was it about that song um ain't no sunshine that uh inspired you to sing it to begin with so i've always i've always liked the older music and uh bill bill withers man i mean he's a great musician and I uh, I look up to anybody who was in that era of time for music like Stevie Wonder, all them. I mean, it was such a great such great musicians back then, and uh, I I just love the song. I've heard it all my life, and I was like, you know what? Why not? Just do it. Why not? Just do it. So, okay, so what was Monday like? You had the 40 who got up there, and then did you know? Because, like, on the show, you get told then, yay or nay. Like, I mean, you sing, and then you get the golden ticket, and then the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Did you have to wait for all 40 to do their due diligence? Yeah, so um, there was three judges, um, and they were just jotting down notes as we went in. And we went on stage and sung and... uh, uh, at the end of the competition, it was like eight thirty, something like that. They uh, came back out with all the, with the top twenty who they thought were good enough to go on to the next round on Tuesday, and the same thing happened on Tuesday night. They just uh, 
Did you sing the same song again? I, yeah, we had to. It was a. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it was a. I was like, you were wearing the wheels off this song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's worse about yeah. this time. It's like your lucky charm. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to keep it as long <laughs> as I can. <laughs> I agree. <Yeah. laughs> don't, don't flip that penny over. Yeah. You just keep it going. What was it like when your name was called? Because there was five of you. So where were you in the in the five? I Not was, that they're in any order. It's yeah, just, it wasn't in any order, but I was the first name called. Ah, so that's a relief. So, uh, yeah, it was such a relief. And my dad almost tackled me when, <laughs> when we heard my name, and uh, it was it was ecstatic. I had a permanent smile plastered on my face from about seven thirty that night to about two a.m. the next morning. I couldn't go to sleep just because. I mean, that's it, I mean, it's it's such a crazy moment to hear your name called out like that. It's and awesome. then you get to go to the next level. So you're going to be able to go to is it Nashville for the executive producer audition? Honestly. I have no idea. Gotcha. I couldn't tell you. They, uh, I was talking to the lady who has been emailing us back and forth about this show and all that stuff, and uh, she doesn't. She said ABC is a hard network to get in contact with, and I was like, as they probably, as Should. I as as I would re- uh, realize, you know, you just know there's another step. Yeah, yeah. I I just know there's another step, and I'm just waiting on an email to from. If everything somebody. went just. Dis- to plan what see are you will you be 2024 season or is there another 20 no you'd have to be a 2024 season yeah so because we're getting into the yeah. i don't think they've even started the show yet no yeah so i think we might be on this season like this coming up show um but it could be the next year it i have be, no clue that's fine that's okay we just know that nicholas brown along with uh, four others you can mm-hmm. get the whole article of all five mississippians who won the chance to go to the next over at supertalk.fm if you want to see the rest of the names did y'all instantly feel like family standing up there on stage kind of sort of yeah it was it was awesome i mean because there's there's a certain level of respect that you uh, get from musicians whenever you're in something like this mm-hmm. and uh all five of us I mean, every everybody that was on that stage, especially on Monday and especially on Tuesday, every all of us deserve to be in that top five position. Um, but uh, us at the uh, us up there, I mean, you could definitely tell there was there's a lot of smiles and a lot of a lot of hugs, and it was awesome just getting to share that with other musicians is just awesome. And then share it with your family, who obviously believe in you. Your dad was excited when you heard your name, Nicholas, but then your mom's the one who nudged you to do it to begin with, oh, or yeah. at least showed you. So when did you start with your singing? Because you can't be. How old are you, Nicholas? I am 21 years old. It's hard to say Nick Nicholas. I like Nicholas. I, I think that's a better <laughs> stage name. But Nick's fine too. So, so you're 21. When did you start singing? According to my family, I've been singing since about like four or five years old. But like, I think I've been really singing for about eight, nine years now. And where have you been sharing your gifts and talents? Uh, really, just uh, church was mm-hmm. is a big is a big thing, and uh, also I. Uh, went to school and I, I like singing with people who enjoy music you know not just even for gigs or anything like that or, or social media or anything like that i just enjoy sharing music with other musicians who understand a lot of other things about music so what would be your genre uh anything like i i was talking to my dad last night actually i was like the thing about genres is like it's meant for a certain p- 
people, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm one of those people. It's it's, it's music, you know. It, it's all music. Everything's for everybody, you know. If you don't like it, that's your opinion. But I, I like music. Now, if I had to pick a genre, I would like probably say like. What's most on your playlist? Country. Just because, I mean, that's just what I've grown up with. And it's like, con- you seem too nice for heavy metal. But, you know, like, you never know what, what yeah. cool switch and change yeah. with, you I, know, I with think, somebody. I think really and truly the country and, like, probably old soul type stuff is what I listen to the most. Which is probably influencing you as well. But I think it's cool that you're open to, you know, other avenues. You're not hardcore stuck in one. Sadly, it does feel like, and I've heard C. Vazar talk about this and others, that it feels like the industry really pushes you into having to sort of pick but you know there are those independent artists that are really fighting back you know on that as well and so you'll 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 find your you'll find your footing where can we go to keep up with you right now nick is there anywhere where you can start building that voter base because if you make it that far (laughs) when you make it that far right like we're gonna manifest this for you into into it (laughs) we're gonna have we're gonna want to keep up with you and make sure that you know you're well taken care of from your mississippi voters um, my Instagram and TikTok. Uh, my Instagram is Nicholas Brown N I C H O L A S B R O W N two zero two zero. That's my Instagram handle, and then my TikTok is N I C K underscore B R O W N two zero two zero. And those that's going to be where I post the most of stuff. And I'm I'm going to start posting a lot more just because uh, it's it's fun. After after Monday and Tuesday, I'm like, oh, people well, actually like. Well, you're a like small percentage of a population who even gets this you know opportunity even though you're 21 you are still too young to know what it's like to have to have camped out at one of the sites to then (laughs) audition i did not but i know folks who camped out and did the whole thing for for their audition so um yeah it's come a long way and how they end up with their with their uh, contestants and and sort of all the things but i feel like you as well as the other four there's five total will represent mississippi well and regardless of what happens congratulations and don't give up on your dreams and you're always welcome back here on good things thank you all right you guys stick with us we got more for you coming up next Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Good things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. And of course, you can always find us too on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us. So we are on your computer, your mobile device. 
just head on over to Super Talk TV. And you can head on over to the Township Blues Festival. It's going to hit Colony Park in Ridgeland coming up Saturday, November the 11th. Gosh, they'll be here before we know it. They're going to have Cedric Burnside. They're going to have Brand Taz. Let's just call him Taz. They're going to have Taz and many others. Tickets are available now at TownshipBlues.com. But, of course, it's a good thing. So we want to give you a pair of tickets to see Cedric and Taz at the Township Blues Festival coming up November the 11th. Be the what? 14th. 14th person to text the word Taz. To 601-879-4395 to win a pair of tickets. So that again, that's November 11th, and that's in Central Mississippi at Township Blues Festival. It's going to be a real good time. It's also going to be a good time, too, to see Hardy and Lainey Wilson. They are coming to Mississippi, and we want to give you a chance to win that. But you got to work a little harder than just texting in. you got to go to one of the registration boxes. you got to be 21 uh, years old to enter. You can find a box near you over at supertalk.fm slash hardy. You'll get a pair of tickets. You'll get a limo ride to and from the concert and you'll get a night stay at the Beau Rivage. So it's going to be a good time if you want to enjoy that. And you got some high school football coming up tonight. I know, Rhino, your schedule is a little bit different because of it. But if not tonight, then we'll got you covered tomorrow night as well. So either or. High school football tonight or high school football tomorrow night. We've got you covered on just about every Super Talk Mississippi station. Plus, you can stream a ton of games. Get up to the minute scores from across the entire state when you go to supertalk.fm slash high school. If you got the Super Talk app, you should open it often. We stream live from there every day, but then you can also find the sports button and you can click that and get everything you need to know. And you can also find the scoreboard preview show at 6 p.m. on Fridays and the Farm Bureau Insurance Company's scoreboard show on 10 p.m. on Friday nights. It's a lot to tell you, but so much good things were happening today on the show. I just didn't get around to all of that good um, house cleaning stuff, as they would say. And Rhino, you got we got a winner, winner, chicken dinner. We do. Just got to confirm with them. All right. So congratulations. Thank you for um, playing along and yeah, winning those pairs of tickets. I thought it would be good to at least say the names of the other American Idol hopefuls. Uh, we just met Nicholas Brown. He's awesome. But then you also got Amira Washington. You've got Aurelius Myers. You've got Elijah Middleton. And you got Naomi Taylor. All of those will be headed on to the next uh, round. I saw you doing a little digging. Did you find what they do next or were you doing digging for something else? I was doing digging, digging for, for something, something else. else. That's fine. But I'm sure they will be the first to know which uh, if not, and I say, if you don't make that one, if you know your chops are that good, go for the voice and get on Team Reba. <laughs> I would, I would have would stand zero zero chances of ever making anything musically oriented, but I'd love to be on Team Reba. It's the only time I have ever seen one of those competitions or whatever it may be, and thought, oh, I'd give it a whirl just to see if she would pick me because I think that would be. A whole lot of fun. Yeah, the singing shows aren't like they used to be, where every once in a while you just had somebody that couldn't carry a tune in a bucket that still found superstardom. No. The one, even the ones on The Voice who don't make it, sing better than me on any given day. 
Right. Like, and you can tell maybe they're a little pitchy or, you know, whatever they call it. They're not the best. Or when you've heard so many good ones come through, you start to be able to pick out, well, that's not, you know, they're just not having a good day. Let's just say that. Or they've got some work to do. No, I would be back in the day when Simon was like, put through the awful one so we can make fun of them on national television, gear them up to think they have a chance, and then cut them off at the knees. It made William Hung a millionaire. It really did, yeah. He's, he is he laughed his whole way to the bank. And if you were buying liquor in California, you may be laughing all the way to the bank because apparently that is where the ticket was sold for, what, the 1.7-something billion dollars and so now we're starting all back over to like just a few million here or there and somebody will have to not win so we can gravitate back up to the billion dollar hype they should really have follow-up interviews with the winners the ones who choose to be public like if you are if you mark and i think some states have different laws so i do recognize that but it's like you should go through a series of questions i want to know Why'd you buy the ticket? Are you a, like, what is your capacity on gambling? Do you have, like, a, do you budget that in? And then why you chose what you chose? I want to know all the things. Like, what, like a profile? Not a criminal profile, but but profile. <laughs> Not a criminal. <laughs> to see if there's any sort of resemblance in who ends up winning. I'd rather ask him the questions from inside the Screen Actors Guild with the guys with the little blue cards. It was like, what's your favorite curse word? That would be interesting, too. We should put that in our back pocket. All right, sticking coming up next, you got the boys with Sports Talk from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.